Welcome back to the Throwdown. It is the eleventh episode of the Throwdown. It's getting a lot of episodes now. We've actually done like I think about fifteen, or only eleven have reached the air, <laughs> which is mad. I'm surprised last week's managed to reach the air, but this week's definitely will because we won't have David F here, so there'll be no swearing. <laughs> Fingers crossed. But, <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at you guys. I think I almost swore last week. I held myself back. Nah, David F oh. is the main like, in like corporate for it. Yeah, like, definitely. So. We had a very controversial episode last week, but it was probably the funniest thing I've ever recorded. <laughs> it, it was. I was literally editing it back, and I was in the um, library late at night editing it. It was about two o'clock in the morning, and because um, I had other things to do that day, and. There was this guy next to me. Well, not next to me, but opposite me. And he was listening to me edit. And I started cracking up. I could not stop laughing. And this guy <laughs> next to me, he's just like, can you keep the noise down, please? <laughs> Five minutes later, we go on to our celebrity topic, don't we? That I'm not going to oh, bring no. up what we started talking about, but no. I, I, we went on to that. There's a whole other laughing, <laughs> laughing stage. And it went I, downhill for you again. <laughs> I lost my... Not going to say that word. I, 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 I oh, right. I, I lost it. Let's just say that I lost it. Uh, and this guy had to move. He got his stuff. He logged out of the computer and he moved. And he gave me the dirtiest look as he no. left. Use your computer at home, mate. <laughs> oh, man. I wish I could have. I wish I could have. No, hey, the other guy. Adobe is so much better when it's cheap. Very oh, true. Oh, you mean the other? You, you mean the other guy? Yeah, yeah, I mean the other, yeah, guy. the other guy. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say Adobe's so much better when it's free at the uni. To be not. fair, though, I've got Adobe on my laptop for free. What hacks? Anyways, like, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I thought we were going to have a controversial episode this week, but apparently not. Before the government start listening, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on. <laughs> this is NBA podcast only. Um, and speaking of NBA, let's go to the first topic that we want to discuss. Um, or I want to discuss the Milwaukee. Oh no oh, no no no! We said don't do it! Oh, don't no. do it! No! <laughs> I was thinking about my head. Shall I make a joke? Shall I not? And I was kind of t- doing a toss up between the two. Shall, I, shall I make out. the joke? And then it came out before I did it. Oh my and goodness! <laughs> you know when you say something at the last moment in your head, you're like, "Don't do it! Don't do it! And don't it do it!" And out. it just comes out. <laughs> David F. Every single week. <laughs> Milwaukee Bucks. Is that better? Yeah, that's it's close better. enough. Should we just say the Bucks? The Bucks. <laughs> the Bucks are the fastest team officially in history to reach the playoffs. They clinched the playoff place last week. What do you guys think? Giannis. That's what I think. <laughs> we can move on then brilliant <laughs> we don't really have to say much more about that do we Yanis uh, is just unreal the Greek freak he's just unstoppable he's a force of nature yeah there's no athlete like him really in the NBA of his pace and his strength and that like, he's and to be that size yeah, yeah, yeah he's his size foot doing it like that and the thing is that like he's doing it consistent that's what I love about Yanis yeah. he's doing it consistently like he plays the game like you know like he's drinking water like he's just doing it every single time and like his team obviously supports him I remember there was one there was one statistic like I think it was like a couple years ago it was like oh um, the Bucks are the tallest team in the NBA like the average height was like I think 6'8 or 6'9 and I was like what or I was like it was even 6'10 I don't even know what it was but like that with a team like that and a leader like Giannis like nah, yeah, it's it's hard to beat. That's that's just mad to me. Like the, we were talking about tool statistics last week, and 
we did that episode literally a day before me and Jake went to the British Basketball League and you don't realise just how tall these players are nah, they're until huge. you yeah. step next until to them yeah. until you step I'm, next to them it's a bit like yeah we were presenting um, a video for the British Basketball League go check it out it won't be out yet but go check it out when it's out <laughs> uh, sorry little plug there um, we were doing a video with the British Basketball League um, with Jalen Hayes and Parker Jackson Cartwright and Jalen Hayes who uh, former NBA he went undrafted but former G League player as well as Parker Jalen Hayes is about 6'7 and I'm 6'2 and I was looking up to him yeah. I was looking up at him yeah. I was just like I wasn't expecting this there was how a- I felt <laughs> there was just one day there was just one day like, we were just watching um, I think I was watching Summer League me and my dad and then he saw Trey Young and then I don't know why he said it he was just like oh yeah like I'm taller than Trey Young I'm like no you're not you're not taller than Trey Young he was like yeah 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 I was like ah oh. I was like do you know how tall he is he was like no I was like he's six foot three that was shocked he was like what he's six three my dad was like six foot and he was like, yeah, yeah, I'm taller than him. But like, it's because like you're comparing it to people like, like imagine Trey Young and Dwight Howard on the same court. Yeah. He's looking like a midget. But if you bring him out into the real world, the guy's a giant. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's yeah. huge. You're watching it just thinking, yeah, I, I can make it. These yeah. guys are the same height as me. And then, you're, and then you're next to him in real life and there's like... Huge difference. Well, you yeah. even see it in person because Parker was 5'11". And you have players, other players on the team... Um, there was a guy called Devontae Finnegan, I think. Flanagan. Flanagan, yeah. Yeah, Devontae, is it Devontae Flanagan? Something like that. Uh, something yeah. like that. <laughs> Flanagan. <laughs> we'll just call him Flanagan. There, there is a Devontae Flanagan out there in the basketball world, but I don't know if it's this Flanagan. But he's about 6'7", and Parker's 5'11", and so is Jalen Hayes, he's 6'7". And you can even see it between them, Yeah. how yeah. Big and small there. I got a kick out of being taller than Parker, by the way. That was probably one of my proudest no. moments. <laughs> but I, f- uh, I feel like I feel like I don't know. There's something that I just don't get how somebody can be comfortable being that tall. Like, no. imagine. I mean, when you're surrounded by NBA players or BBO players or just basketball players, like people around your height, you're comfortable. When you get back like home, you have to duck to get underneath every single door. I'm just like, yo, don't you feel like you're too tall? <laughs> you have to ride a convertible car or a 4x4. Four four. Yeah. If you can't get a 4x4, four four, you'd have to get one of those cheap convertibles if you aren't a basketball player. Yes. Yeah, and when it's raining, that's going to be bad. Very bad. So you have to wear an umbrella. Did you see Shrek drive a smart car? Did anybody really see that? Oh my oh, goodness, it was I the funniest thing. It oh. was, he was literally like, this. <laughs> it was like, what? I can't imagine that. I, I want to, I'm trying to imagine that. I'm going to have to watch that when nah, I get home. Is he it filled up the whole car. Is it on YouTube? I don't know, I saw it on Insta. Oh, okay. How long ago? A while ago. Oh, so I'll probably find it somewhere on Yeah, the you'll find it. You'll probably find it. Sounds great. Yeah. Anyway, back to the Bucks. We, we kind of drifted off there, quite <laughs> off topic. Um, right, the Bucks are doing like generational things. Mm. right now Um, I say generational like it's historic how quick they've reached the playoffs that's now official what they are doing is just unreal and unheard of because no one's done it before yeah Um, and I think they are the favourites now for the player final from the east there was no one one else coming out of the final there was no one else no no definitely but you say that, and we'll go on to the parallel rankings later, but there are now three teams in the top five in the power rankings that are from the East. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so I, I, I still think can't see them touching I, Milwaukee. Oh, 
definitely. I still think Milwaukee are still yeah. I think they're the best team in the NBA uh, right now we'll yeah, see what yeah, happens definitely. in the playoffs but I still do think the East Conference is a little bit underrated yeah it's, it's much stronger than what it used to be definitely stronger than what it used to be yeah but I'd I say past, past the top five what not even top five top four seeds they're not like yeah they're not that good straight up like what Milwaukee Heat Raptors even like that like and Celtics yeah. past those teams I mean those four teams are yeah. great yeah, yeah. 76ers. 76ers as well, yeah. Got two, yeah. They're two average good players. They're, they're, yeah, they are average, but, but they have potential because, yeah. you know, you can't look past players like Joel Embiid and yeah. Ben Simmons. Yeah. Who pop up, Joel Embiid pop up a career high the other day as well. Yeah, you do. Yeah. I mean, the Pacers are another side that are kind of good, but not They're not quite great. there, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Definitely. I mean, we've got also two teams that have, well, three teams that have potential. Um, going forward in the Hawks, Knicks and Hornets. So we could see a potential, not a power shift, but even closing the gap even smaller in the future yeah. between the East and the West. I would say the future would definitely be some a team like Charlotte Hornets. Yeah, definitely. The Hornets have kind of shocked everyone this yeah. year, really. And how good Ho- their young cause. Yeah, been. Hornets had four four players in, in the Rising Star game. Yeah, like mental. So they, they you know that their future is bright. Yeah. And they've got, they've probably got a lot of money considering how little they've spent on like, you know, new player. How their their wage bill must be tiny in comparison into other teams. Mm. Yeah, I th- I think um, they've got a few players on big contracts like Batum, but didn't they get rid of Kid Gilchrist? Yes, at trade deadline. So yeah. that's got rid of a big contract, so they should have quite a bit of space now. But the thing is that who would you put there? Because at, a, yeah. at the same time, like. Obviously, they have a young, a great young core, but who would you put to now lead that young core? Yeah, and like, to me, like if, like I said, I think I said that the other week. Um, if Kemba Walker was there, it would have been great. Yeah. But at the same time, if Kemba Walker was there, they wouldn't have those players. Exactly. Yeah. So it was a case of okay, you haven't got Kemba, who's because Kemba is almost not the face of of the Hornets at the time, but he was, you know, respected in the Hornets. Yeah. Definitely. So if you bring out some random, you know, all star, if you bring out some random, um, you know, top top tier player to try and lead this team might not be as effective. Yeah, yeah. It's also, if, if you'd still got Kemba there, would players like Devante Graham still be shining as much? True, true, his, true. his minutes would be not, not limited, but so what be about, than what he's on right surely now. Surely it would just be more efficient then to go and get someone that is a team leader in a position that is not strong. And yeah, there you've got a player that isn't, you know, like high potential. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one problem is for Charlotte as well, it goes for quite a lot of sizes. There are smaller market sides, so which are the big, you know, your big stars are actually going to want to go there in. Exactly. So you've kind of got to build yourself up through the like the franchise. Yeah, and, the franchise itself is not a big franchise. Yeah. So maybe um a few more draft picks, high draft yeah. picks for them in the coming years. Maybe that'll yeah. be the uh, the aim, and then oh, try yeah. and build from there. Yeah. Build a few superstars, and I mean Atlanta's profile has grown. Atlanta, anyway, I'd say are quite an average size franchise in comparison to other teams in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously the whole scene and in Atlanta is huge. Like the rap uh yeah. scene in Atlanta is probably top five in America, I'd say, at least. Definitely. Maybe yeah, even top, top three. three. Yeah. Um so Atlanta definitely has that kind of cultural background and also the background in terms of fans, like so many fans in yeah. a and I think there's a strong connection between the rap scene in Atlanta and the basketball scene yeah, in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. Trey Young gave Trey Young's 50 point game 50, his first 50 point game he gave his jersey to Quavo I was like yo that's a big 
is a big thing. That, that, yeah, literally, yeah. Right, that's what I was literally about to say. I mean, yeah. that's crazy. But Trey Young, he's got probably the biggest task on his hands if he was to stay at Atlanta because yeah. he's a young man who has so much potential, but now, he is now leading an entire city. City, basically. Yeah. Leading yeah. city. I mean, if you look at one... Who is it now? Julio Jones from the Atlanta Falcons in um, NFL. He used to be that guy for Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. But now it's like, yo, what <laughs> happened to Julio Jones? Not, not not what happened to him, but he's not he's not the same as he used to be. So now it's Trey Young taking up that position of, oh, you know, like for, concerning sports, yeah. he is the face of, of the city. And he's leading the city at such a young age, at such an early time. But he's taking it on like well because after he gave that after he gave his jersey to um, Quavo, one of the reporters asked him, "Why did you give it to him?" And he was like, "Oh, that's not going to be my first fifty-point game." Yeah. So like that's that's a good way to look at it. It's a good yeah, mentality yeah, to have. Definitely. Yeah, it's definitely not a landmark. I mean, it's a huge landmark for him, but it's not a landmark that's going to define him. Yeah. You know? No. It's he's looking for bigger and better things. You yeah. know. That sixty-point landmark—that's the next thing on the agenda. Yeah. Um, but I think the most important thing for him is making sure the Hawks get out of this slump. Um, they're currently fourteenth in the Eastern Conference. The only team below them are the Cavaliers, and the team above them are the New York Knicks. Yeah. Mm. If, they, we, if they come over the top three pick in the in the draft or whatever, draft well, then they've got another superstar on their hands. There. All of a sudden, you've got Trey Young. John Collins and one of the star they could be a decent side and Capella's be. there as well now isn't he yeah so they, they, they're it's, on the it's way it's interesting up. it's interesting yeah. because all the it's we, we've had this conversation before it's very interesting to me how you know in comparison to other sports uh, rugby in England um, along with football and maybe even cricket all and, and the team the other team sports in America like f- football uh, soccer over there. Yeah. American football, I don't know. I think so. I don't really watch American football, but as far as I know, it's like that. Basketball is the only team sport that can flip in a couple of seasons Definitely. completely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, literally. You never see a team dominate 10 years in a row. No. The mm-hmm. only team that has come close to kind of doing that, Golden State did it for a while. For a short period. For a short yeah, period. Yeah. The if Lakers, you look at it in the, in, the, in the grand scheme of it, for, it was only for a short period. Yeah. 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 The Lakers have been up there for years, but, you know, never dominated. Um, and it everything flips like that. Yeah. 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 And I'd Best say, example is Sixers. Definitely. Oh, yeah, literally. Definitely. They went from winning nine games one season. Yeah. And then on the, the other hand, New York Knicks have went from the highs Reverse. to the lows. Yeah, yeah. Their last, oh my goodness, their last... Um, was it final or their last championship was in 1976 or That's crazy like and you think about New York Knicks as probably the second biggest franchise in the NBA behind the Lakers it's definitely up there it's definitely up there um, anyway moving on uh, the one of the other biggest stories from the week Bradley Beal became only the eighth player in history to hit consecutive night 50, 50 points wow um, the last player to do it quite a touching well it's quite a nice connection there uh, the last player to do it was Kobe back in 2007 mm. so a whole yeah. 13 years ago since someone's done that and it's crazy that because Bradley Bill was like not the person I was expecting yeah I've all people yeah. do yeah. it yeah 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 um, he 
obviously had huge potential back in the day still does still does oh yeah especially with John Wall like not really yeah in the picture as much probably not as much potential as he did back in the day but he can easily regain that yeah with a couple good seasons and he looks like he's on his way to kind of refinding that form that he first shown us yeah. when he first joined the NBA um, and kind of get back to that superstar almost yeah, level um, what do you guys think of the 50 point performances because the Wizards aren't doing very well I mean they lost no, both they games they lost games, both yeah. games yeah. it's been like Beal's the only one really on that side at the minute at the, to be very honest really he is because like the thing with Bradley Beal is that he's moved from the the you know like whenever I think of Bradley Beal I think of people like Bradley Beal Clay Thompson CJ McCollum yeah, like they're yeah. all like the second guy to people like John Wall Damian Lillard Steph Curry yeah. so Bradley Beal has come out from that stage of being the second guy to yo like this is like I have to take charge of this team John Wall is not here I've got to step up and he is yeah. and his team's not setting up with him and it's like okay what do I have to do to get like he's scored 50 points and his team still lost but I think it was like 13 yeah, something yeah. like that like what can he do what else can he do it's interesting you said that about um, he's become like the first player after being the second player and not a single player and the team has kind of stepped up like no one has become the second player yeah um, but in like comparison to that Siakam was the second player last year and now he became the first player yeah yeah. so you know Toronto have shown that it's possible what is going wrong for the Wizards they just don't have the talent around it. They don't. They, no. have, they don't have. Like Toronto still had, with Kawhi going, they still had Fred VanVleet, Carl Lowry, and yeah. others. You know, around that were still going. That had got loads of experience that are going to take them far. Whereas Beal's probably next best player at the minute. Rui Hashimura, maybe. And he's he's not even a top twenty player. No. Did he get into the Rising Star game? He got into he the was, Rising, he's star, in the game, rising yeah. star game. So he's going to be a good player. Yeah, but at, the, at this stage. He's not quite ready. He's not. Yeah. I don't even. I haven't even been watching his game like that. But like the rookie rule is, is the rookie wall is gonna hit. Yeah. And it's gonna hit hard for some of these people, especially for people like like him, because he's not necessarily kicking back. Somebody like John Morant. Let's say John Morant now. He's been going in hard like like quite um, a lot. And you wouldn't think that the rookie wall would hit him that hard because he seems to have settled into the NBA yeah. quite well. But somebody like um, Hashimura, like he's he's not really comfortable yet. Yeah, like he's yeah. not settled down yet. So something like that would 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 not be the best. Like a rookie rookie will probably hit him hard as well. Yeah, definitely. It was interesting you say earlier about there's only one person in Washington right now that is shooting all right. Cause it reminded me of that lyric uh, by K Camp <laughs> K Camp Lottery, the song that went viral, and he goes, "I know shooters in DC, Bradley Bill." Uh, why didn't you just say shooter? Because there's only one in DC, and it is Bradley Bill. Shooter's <laughs> in DC, Bradley Bill. There, there's only one of them. I, yeah, I, I know yeah. why he I didn't mean, name anyone else. It makes sense because I mean, who else is there to name? You look at their squad, and it is literally nothing. It's whack. Like their team is yeah. is not good. Like I'm looking at, I was looking at the names as well. Shabazz Napier. Last time I heard this guy's name was in Heat, like what, yeah. five years ago. When he was actually decent. That was one of my favourite names, Grant. Like, yeah. That, that was one of my favourite. I, I just love to say that. Shabazz Napier. It sounds so cool, doesn't it? It sounds like <laughs> a James Bond villain. <laughs> like, um, But he, he kind of disappeared off the radar he as definitely, well. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. He, he was supposed to be quite, you know, talented back in the day. He wasn't bad. He did well for the Heat. Yeah. yeah. He did well as like a, was it six man? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he did yeah. well as a six man for the Heat. 
Well, going back to the Wizards, they are currently sitting in ninth in the Eastern Conference, which isn't a good place to be in the Eastern Conference considering the teams around them, especially how the Magic and the Nets have been performing. You know, the Pacers haven't had the greatest of seasons. They're 33-24, and but they've struggled, particularly in the games that they've lost possibly haven't dominated as many games that they have won mm. um, the Nets have lost more games than they've won the Magic have lost more games than they've won so the Wizards currently five wins behind the Magic where do you see the Wizards finishing and is playoff on the cards or is it too far it's probably too far because if you look they're, they're 20 and 36 like no team should be recovering from 20 and 36 yeah, especially but it's possible it's only possible it, well if anything's possible it's possible in the Eastern Conference yeah like the know, fact that the team's twenty and thirty six and is ninth shows just how bad like the bottom seven are. That's the thing, year. yeah. Like that's 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 the thing about it. Like it's looking at like what I was saying earlier, like past past fourth fourth seed, maybe yeah. okay, maybe sit, maybe fifth. Yeah. Questionably fifth. Like they're not they're all pretty bad. I mean, Pacers have obviously got a positive record, but like I say, they're not a team that I expect to challenge in the playoffs. That whoever's going to play them in the playoffs, I reckon it's just going to be yeah. an easy W for the other team. Pacers um, are one of them that, with Oladipo back, they'll cause noise. They'll probably win a, a game or two in the playoffs. You know, they'll win their home games. Yeah, but they're not going to be one of them that you look at. If Milwaukee got them, for example, I mean Milwaukee aren't going to get them. They're too good to go to drop down to the eighth seed. Yeah, but Milwaukee wouldn't blink twice. They'd just batter them yeah they'll just play them like they could batter them without Janice as well yeah they could probably they could. could they could the Celtics or whatever they'd probably end up giving a game to them whatever because the Celtics are still young yeah there's still a little bit of an experience there but the Pacers aren't gonna win much um so what about the Magic um Magic and Wizards are now current well Nets Magic and Wizards are battling it out for player spots either one of those teams can and, and the Chicago Bulls and the Charlotte Hornets and the Pistons are all relatively close. Mm, how many games are left in the season? There's like, what, 40 games left? Maybe less than that. Less than that, no, I think, yeah. Maybe like 30 games left, yeah, something like something that. Like. Well, there's still plenty of time um, and there's only five po- five wins between 8th and 10th and then only nine wins between 8th and 12th. It, I don't know. It would be doable if the teams were winning. Yeah, the that's the thing. The problem is Pistons are probably, what, six games out or whatever with how they're going this season it'd probably take them about 18 games sorry, to them six wins sorry did I say nine wins between 8th eight, and 12th I meant six. Oh, six yeah six wins between 8th and 12th yeah but still my, my point kind of goes of it would take them a while to yeah. get them six wins especially as they've got rid of Drummond as well yeah. so teams like the Hornets maybe could make a push but it all depends on what their running's like as well if they've got a few games against the teams at the bottom they'd have to win them all you, yeah. can't, you can't lose any games against teams around you now. It's where teams, I think, like the Hornets, who are on the rise and have had this story where they were predicted to finish rock bottom and they've come out and shocked everyone. It's moments like these and periods like these and runnings like these which makes teams. Yeah. And, you know, like uh, sets up their future. If they manage to get, say, eighth, the Hornets manage to get eighth, that is probably the best position out of all that is the best season for all of the teams in the NBA. Yeah. Because the Charlotte Hornets have somehow shocked everyone and got a playoff place. And yeah. they're in the race. Let's not they're like not they're fair, yeah. outside contenders. 
probably the most outside contenders because I'd say the Bulls maybe are more likely to get it than yeah. the Hornets. But they are outside contenders. The good thing is maybe for sides like the Bulls or the Hornets is they're not expected to get it now. Yeah. So the pressure's kind of off. Yeah. So they can just go out there, play free throw and basketball. It might produce a few wins and then all of a sudden you put yourself back in the race again. Definitely. But the thing, And the thing with the, uh, the Hornets as well, it reminds me of Brooklyn Nets like a couple of seasons ago. Um, like nobody expected them to yeah. make the playoffs and then they made it and then that now attracted attention to the team from Kyrie and KD. Yeah, yeah. So like it, it could happen for Hornets as well. It's just that who would it attract? How many players would they get? How be- how much benefit would they get? Would they release the rookies as yeah, well? Because yeah. they have they have four rookies, and if if the you know if the organization doesn't have the same vision like of like building this franchise up from these rookies, they might just waste them. Like let's just trade this one, trade this one, trade this one, trade this one, yeah. and then try bringing like um you know a big player. Yeah, and yeah. it won't work out. So it depends what happens after it. But they have potential, like like the same way Nets had potential. So yeah, it's looking very similar. Okay, so we spoke about the East and all the teams that have outside chances to get into the playoffs. Um, Probably a lot closer in the West, where the Grizzlies currently occupy the final playoff spot in eighth. They have 28 wins, whereas the Trailblazers have 26 in ninth. Pelicans are 10th and they're 25. And the Spurs and the Suns both have 24 and the Kings have 23. Now, that is crazy close yeah it's it's gonna go to the wire I think teams like the Pelicans I was looking the other day they've got the easiest running now for the remainder of the season which makes I, I sorry to interrupt but I think Pelicans will snatch it I think Pelicans will snatch it as it well. looks like it it does look like it yeah. and the thing with it is that like it's literally all for one seed because none of them are catching up to 35 wins. No, no, definitely not. With 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 the Mavs, they're not catching up. The but top seven are all secure. They're, secure. they're, they're all looking pretty good. Yeah, and it's, it's it's like okay, so this eighth seed now, who's gonna? It's literally a fight between like four, what five teams? Five teams, yeah. maybe even six with the with Sacktown. So it's 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 crazy, and then it brings the comparison between you know um, the West, the Eastern Conference. It's like okay. Um, your top seven teams in the Western Conference all have positive records. And then the eighth seed has, what, one off that's yeah, negative. Yeah. And if you compare it to the East, like, what, the top four, five seeds, okay, top six seeds have positive records, then the bottom, then the seven and eighth don't. And, like, even the top six, their records aren't even that, like, no. secure. They're not, like, that strong. So you're looking at the West now. It doesn't matter who, you know, goes forward. It's not looking like the East can compare to the West when it comes to finals, like no, playoff no, no. time. Look, I know I'm a Grizzlies fan and all that, but I kind of do want the Pelicans to get it just to watch the Lakers, you know, LeBron versus Zion in that first Yeah, that would be Do you think it would be more of like a, they have more of a fight than the Grizzlies, do you think? I don't know. I think... Would it be a closer tie? I think no matter who goes through, they're probably going to get beat 4-0. Maybe yeah. 4-1. But I just think watching Zion and LeBron go at each other... It'll in a be playoff good. game would be good. Yeah, that would be good. It'll be it'll be good entertainment. Yeah. Like we'll know who win. Yeah, but it'll be yeah. good entertainment. Yeah, yeah, yeah that would be good. That it's, would be good. It's like I kind of want to watch Jack up against LeBron and all that. Yeah. but I think that would be a lot more secure on, on what's going to happen. Yeah. Zion can just do things out of nothing. I mean, since the start of February, New Orleans have won five games and have lost three, which is a good record in terms of like. 
going for the uh, final place, including wins against Portland, which is a good win, um, and also another win against... I'll just see. Oh, they beat Portland twice. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> they beat Portland twice. So that's uh, obviously stopped the progress of the team in front of them. Yeah. Um, they lost to OKC, which I was expecting. Lost to Houston Rockets, which I was expecting. Yeah. And they also lost to Milwaukee in a quite a close game. Well, I say a close game. It was 12 points in it. Yeah. And they lost quite a lot closer than I thought they would. Yeah, yeah. Um, so three losses that I'd expect them to lose, but five games, including two that I didn't expect them to win. Yeah, and then they're three big wins, wins against the Trailblazers as well. Because if it comes down to playoff seeding at the end of the season, where both of you are on the same wins, if you've won the series, then you're going through. So definitely, yeah. Um, and I tell you what, Pelicans have been so strong since Zion has started. Yeah, in the NBA. Yeah, definitely. They have looked very impressive. They have looked fun to watch as well. Yeah. Um, Lonzo and Son are linking up really well. Holiday is just holidays, holidays. Like there's just nothing, nothing you can say really. He's very um, underappreciated. He, he's one of the most underrated players in the NBA. Yeah, yeah definitely. And he's doing well for that team. Yeah, like, he's he's the guy. He's like a cool older brother for them. Yeah, that's literally definitely. what it is. Like he's 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 showing them things. He's playing well with them. He's letting them have their fun, yeah. whilst also you know making sure that the like let's say the quote unquote fundamentals are still getting done. Yeah. Like it's a mixture of everything. And if Drew Holiday wasn't there, I don't think it would be the same. It would be a little bit more messy. Yeah, if definitely. it wasn't for him. And they've got obviously Ingram as well, who's all star this year, who's also putting up good numbers. But what I want to talk about, which I came under the radar to me because. I've always looked at him and thought he was poor. Um, but he put up 20 points from a sub-position against uh, Golden State early in the week, and that's Nicolo Melli. Now, he was in the ri- Rising Star game, but... No, not the Rising Star game. Was it the Rising Star game? Yeah, it yeah, was. Yeah. That, yeah. He's 27, but he was in the Rising Star game because it was his first year in the NBA. Yeah. Um, and he's Italian. Now, he's come under the radar a lot for the Pelicans because... He's not necessarily a huge point scorer, but he's a great role player yeah. and can yeah. play in a number of different positions whenever he's needed. And he hasn't been particularly used too much, but he was called upon against Golden State and he put up, he put up 20 points, he got five rebounds, and ultimately Pelicans only won by 14 points. So those 20 points yeah. proved to be quite crucial in the win. It'll, yeah. be, it'll be one of them players that'll blow hot and cold because he'll rely on his, on his three. Mm. If it's not hitting, then it'll be a poor night for him. But if he's on a night like he was against the Golden State, then it'll just be cash. But it'll just be making so many. It just yeah. seems to me everything's just ticking for them now. It is, yeah. It's like what you said as well earlier on. Like they have the earliest, they have the, one of the easiest um, runs for that yeah. the season. Like literally, if you look at it, they have what two games against the Lakers, one game against the Clippers. Um, maybe, maybe you might count the Miami Heat, probably Miami Heat, and then um, Mavs. After that. Like everybody else is yeah. just like they can they have they can easily be everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Completely. On this list, they have got two games against Memphis Grizzlies next month, which will be huge. They're going to be huge, yeah. Um, they've got a game against the Lakers and the Mavericks, which are probably th- and the Clippers, which are probably the pick of the games next month. But other than that, two games against Atlanta, um, two games against also the Kings, um, Minnesota Tw- Timberwolves as well twice and they've also got the Knicks Magic uh, Spurs and also Miami Heat 
which should be, I'd look at that and I'd say I could see them losing about five games in that. Yeah. 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 And I could see wins everywhere else. Literally, there's so many wins possible here. And like going like with what you said as well, going with the trends of how it's been playing, like if the teams like the Lakers, teams like Milwaukee, yeah, you expect them to lose against them. But then there's teams that you don't expect them to lose against. No, there's teams that you see, there's teams that you don't expect them to win, but they do. So if it's a case of okay, cool, we know they're gonna lose to, to Lakers, that's fine. But it's a case of okay, maybe Minnesota. Oh no, they're gonna beat Minnesota. Maybe even like Jazz. You'll be thinking, okay, they might lose, they might win. We'll see. Yeah. And then it's likely that they would win. Yeah, yeah. The other thing is, if they put on a show, who knows? Because often teams win when they put on a show. If they go out there with the intention not to win, but to entertain the crowd things happen mm, yeah, you know, just yeah. look at the Mavericks win against the Lakers early in the season Doncic went out there not necessarily to necessarily win the game but give the fans the money worth and start popping freeze all over the place you don't normally do that against a team that you're expected to lose because you've yeah. got to try and hang in there as much as possible pick, find the easy looks and then pop the shots Doncic was popping shots when he was um, being heavily guarded all over the place he was just trying to entertain the crowd and look what happened yeah and a lot of the time like yeah. you, you're feeding off the crowd as well like the crowd is hyped then the players get hyped so they're feeding off the crowd feeding off the crowd they get the they're getting into rhythm the players are hot and it's like okay like like I'm doing well let me just get let me just keep this going let me keep the crowd going so that I can keep my energy going and then let me keep the crowd going so that I can keep the, the you know the rest of the team's energy going and yeah. it builds momentum it builds morale and like the whole team is pumped so like something like that it all starts from you know what let me show them something and I'd argue that the Pelicans probably have the best, one of the best teams in the NBA for getting the crowd pumped. Oh, yeah, teams exactly. like Zion, uh, players like Zion, players like Lonzo, uh, Holiday, Ingram, all yeah. those players get people hyped. Favors as well comes under the radar with his blocks mm, and yeah, his uh, yeah, steals. Yeah, yeah. He's a big guy yeah. and he's there to block shots and get those rebounds. And when yeah. he blocks a shot, that is just as big as a. Uh, clutch three point or well not necessarily a clutch three point but you know what I'm trying to say yeah 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 um, a buzzer beater in the second quarter definitely yeah I think that's what make the, makes the playoff run quite interesting really at the end because you've got three sides there well, I mean the Pelicans being one of the most exciting to watch the Grizzlies are very exciting to watch and Portland are also you know you've got Damian Lillard there that yeah. you don't want him missing out on the playoffs definitely not so there's three sides that they all kind of want to see scrape in. They're all fighting over one spot. And to be fair as well, teams like Lakers, I mean, they do it. Lakers, um, Golden State, they do it every year. They would rest LeBron. I think Giannis, I think they rested Giannis last season as well for a few games. Yeah. But they would rest LeBron. They would rest AD. They would rest, um, like, Kawhi would get rested. Like, all these players will get a rest for, like, like the last, let's say the last 10 games or so. They'll play, like, maybe five or six of them. Yeah. And then teams like New Orleans can be like, okay, if we're playing Lakers now and LeBron because like Lakers Lakers mindset is okay we're playing Pelicans we're going to beat them yeah. we might not need AD or we might not need Bron let's just rest one of them and then next thing yeah. you know they come out with a win so it can help Lakers will be like oh well we lost but for the Pelicans yeah. they'll be like oh yeah like we might actually get eight, um, eighth seed now because we got this game so it's also a factor of like the other teams like what are they going to do if they rest their players teams like um you know, Pelicans, uh, Memphis, they could actually like sneak a win yeah, out of yeah. nowhere. Is that what's going to happen with Milwaukee soon? Is you think about it, they've nearly pretty much got that conference 
sealed. Yeah. The second they've got that, yeah, they can just start resting Giannis as much they as can they rest, want. They, they've got their cl- yeah. their playoff. They they got like even if you come top, if you come top of the seed, if you come first top seed in um, the conference, you don't necessarily win the conference. It's no. about the finals. Yeah. Like if you if you come top top if you win in the final that's that's how you get your conference title so even if they came f- what fourth now third, they, were getting, they wouldn't go down to fourth yeah yeah if they came like second or third when resting Giannis like okay maybe they don't get top of the seed in a conference but in the finals yeah they would get conference finals winners yeah they've so, got seven wins more than second place Raptors which Nick- says a lot I mean if you look at the Western Conference it's a bit closer with the Lakers just about edging it well not really edging it, but uh, it's a lot closer. Nuggets have come heavily under the radar. They've got 39 wins compared to the Lakers. Nuggets 43. are always sneaky. Always yeah, sneaky. that's what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they are sneaky. They are sneaky. Um, and then the Clippers have 38 and the Rockets have 37. Now, the Clippers, what's interesting to me is that the Clippers are eighth in the power rankings. Mm. And you have multiple teams. You've got about six teams in between them who we didn't think would get into the final originally some of us I think a couple of us predicted the, but I predicted it would be a Clippers-Lakers final um, I think maybe you did I think David you predicted Bucks-Clippers uh, Bucks Clippers-Lakers as in Western Conference no yeah. the playoff final they can't be in the playoff final can they who's it's that in the same conference Lakers-Clippers oh yeah <laughs> I think I think we all went. I've with just Bucks. got confused there. Yeah, I think yeah. we all went Bucks. I I don't know why I said that. I I, oh, we, all... we were talking about who would win the conference. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I just got completely confused. <laughs> there. I, I tell you what, it's been one of those days. It's, I say this a lot, but honestly, today has been Tuesday is probably the longest day. Tuesday's my longest in day the week. Far. Yeah, I have a nine to five, and then this, and then after I have a meeting. We have ten to ten to four. And yeah. then we have this, and then editing to do, and then the little foot manager sesh. Yeah, the little foot manager <laughs> sesh. The little foot, love the little <laughs> foot manager sesh. Anyway, uh, going on to the final topic, uh, before we end the podcast, unfortunately, Jeremy Lamb will be injured and out. Well, will be, he's injured and will be out for the rest of the season. He was injured in the second quarter of the Pacers' 46 point loss uh, Sunday at Toronto. And the team have announced that he has torn his ACL, which is his anterior cruciate ligament, which is a nasty injury. ACL is the worst yeah, injury. It's the worst one you can it is get. the yeah. worst injury. It is. It's a. It's a nasty one. Um, and he also torn his lateral meniscus and the lateral fra- fracture in the bone. So I mean, we saw. We've seen the. Uh, we're not going to describe the injury. We've seen the video. Um, you know, we can only think. We can think of worse injuries you know Gordon Hayward Kevin Ware but we're not going to go into them Jeremy Lamb is definitely in the category maybe below that for horif- horrible injuries yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know it wasn't a nice watch uh, so if you're screamish don't watch it <laughs> Um, or the other ones definitely don't watch the other don't ones definitely oh, if, you're, if you can't watch a Jeremy Lamb one definitely <laughs> yeah. don't watch Kevin Weir like what they're two different levels <laughs> I wouldn't even want to watch the Gordon Hayward yeah. one nah. it, the Gordon Hayward one was heartbreaking because it was his like first game it was his first yeah. home game and I think ev- just, everyone he's on go- everyone loves Gordon Hayward I don't know a single person yeah. that yeah. likes basketball that doesn't like Gordon Hayward that's jazz fans um, I disagree <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah maybe, maybe apart from jazz fans apart from jazz fans um, but 
we wish Jeremy Lamb well um, in his recovery and hopefully he can get back to playing his best basketball soon. Just to finish off with, uh, with this episode, we just want to say it was a great memorial in the week for uh, Kobe. Um, it was heart heartfelt, it was touching, it was moving, it was everything it um, should have been. And uh, there were some great tributes in there, particularly from Michael Jordan and uh, his wife Vanessa. So um, yeah, that was a fantastic tribute, I think, um, and a great memorial, um, and a great goodbye to one of the greatest ever. Definitely. Um, anyway, we'll see you next week. Hopefully, we've got a full studio again. Uh, David F will be here next week. He wasn't here this week because he got trapped in a meeting. Um, so he will definitely be here next week and hopefully we'll have some guests I haven't actually told you but we've got some guests lined up um, including a certain journalist and lecturer that we know Um, anyway we'll see you next week and thank you for listening